Hello and welcome to Army of Crime, the internet's only podcast. Uh, my name is Dustin, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt. Hello, everyone. So on this episode of Your Favorite Podcast, we're going to talk about a comic book, but not just any comic book. This is a comic book entitled Judge Dredd America by John Wagner and Colin McNeil. And Matt, you are a big uh, Judge Dredd fan, and it was you who wanted to do a Judge Dredd comic book on our podcast. And I believe we haven't done Judge Dredd before at all, have we? No, I don't think we have. So for people who are maybe not familiar with Judge Dredd, because I know there's like a 30 plus year long running history with this series, can you, what is the deal with Judge Dredd and specifically what is the deal with this comic book called America? Yeah, so I, I wanted to do a Dread story on the podcast, uh, and I wanted to, so I just kind of kind of tried to pick something that was just kind of good and also kind of representative of the whole Dread ethos. Uh, D- Judge Dread is a series; it's it's a comic strip in the um, anthology magazine 2000 AD that started, I believe, in 1977, created by John Wagner and Carlos Esquera, um, and it is. Compared to like contemporary American comics, it's it's kind of a an interesting thing. I think um, you could compare it to um, even though it's not creator owned, you could compare it to some of the creator owned things in that it's been trucking along since 1977. Uh, the characters all age in real time, and it's like one big story. They don't like reset the continuity or whatever. So the characters all kind of like grow up and and change over time. Like this the the setting kind of evolves in a way that your mainstream contemporary superhero comics. Uh, do not, which is an interesting point of comparison. Certainly, the superheroes are not the only comic. So, Dread is interesting. He he is a judge, and in their world, um, it's like a post-apocalyptic wasteland controlled by the judges. The judges are judge, jury, and executioner. They're like law enforcement that have unlimited, almost unlimited power, almost unlimited discretion, I should say, to enforce an extremely authoritarian set of laws. And it's a weird. It, it hits on a lot of quadrants. Because he's kind of a satire of like America, I think in general, uh, and also a, a kind of a satire of just like a, like a commentary on like law enforcement or like police, um, and th- there are some trappings, of, sort of trappings of superhero things. You know, he has kind of like a costume and like a shtick. Obviously, all the judges have the same costume, but you know, on his own as a character, Judge Dread, it, it, it kind of has a touches some of those same buttons that like a superhero might touch. Um, and the weird thing of Dredd's world is he's ostensibly the hero, but, like, the system that he enforces is, like, really terrible. So there's always this dramatic tension between he's, like, subjugating the population, uh, but also he's, like, the hero of the stories. Are you are you with me so far? Yes. And, and I, so basically what oh. you're saying is that Judge Dredd is, like, a fascist toady. Now, see, this is where it gets interesting, and I don't know if we haven't even gotten to the actual thing we're reading, but if we want to go a little big brain on this, I, I feel like saying Judge Dredd is a fascist is kind of the re- overly reductive um, BuzzFeed article take on it, because I don't think that's what he is. Because like, I would say like I'm an anarchist politically, but I love, <laughs> like, love Judge Dredd, and it's kind of a weird thing, but what makes him interesting is that he's like not crooked. And authoritarian systems, as a rule, in in actual real life, are, like, universally crooked, right? When someone tells you they're all about law and order, what they really mean is they're all about, like, subjugating the population 
or uh, bringing out the big guns against people they don't like. You know, transferring even... money from other people's pockets into their own pockets. Right. Like, you know, authoritarian leaders, anyone telling you about law and order, they're universally crooked. I don't know. Somebody could find a counterexample, I guess, but like almost without exception. I don't know of exception off the top of my head. There, it's, it's crooked systems. Authoritarian systems are always running off, you know, grift, black market, nepotism, all these other things. And what makes Dredd interesting is it's an authoritarian system, but he's not crooked. He's like the one guy who's not crooked. So he, he I don't think, is a – I would not say that he's fascist. He like means well within the awful system, right? So we, what we you're saying up, is he's like detective – Frank Wrench from Arrested Development because he does everything by the book. Exactly. He always follows the rules. He's the guy who always follows the rules. He he wants it to be the the thing that it says on the pamphlet. And he, he doesn't understand why everyone else just can't follow the rules. So then what is this story called America? About? So America is kind of a good representative Judge Dredd story. America is about the the uprising there's like there's like a, a long running story in in dread about people trying to agitate for more democracy and judge dread is 100% against democracy he thinks that democracy is bad we shouldn't have democracy we shouldn't have a lot of freedoms cuz it just gets everybody riled up and causes more chaos and so the story of america is there's a woman in it named america who is like part of a group that's like agitating for democracy yeah, and it so should be that's said, kind of the long running dramatic tension in, in like the world of Judge Dredd is is the 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 people of Mega City One are oftentimes trying to get more rights or whatever. And the, and the judge system is trying to keep them in place or keep uh, them keep them in their place, I guess, as we were just joking about before in like their world. Sugar is illegal. Tobacco is illegal. Comic books are illegal. Like all kinds of stuff is illegal. When you say that uh, America, the character of America, is part of a group agitating for more democracy, in fact, I believe the group that she is a member of is called Total War, and they are unambiguously a violent terrorist organization who does, they, they do like mass bombings of civilians. They're not, there are like peaceful protests that the judges will go out and like womp heads. But the characters are what, what is part of what I think shades some interesting elements into this, too, is that the pro-democracy people actually use, well, not so much in this story, but in other Judge Dredd stories I've read, will have like fairly reprehensible methods. You know, they're definitely like terrorists, which even though their goals are admirable, it kind of like makes the whole thing like a lack have a lack of like a real rooting interest yeah one thing that generally you don't get in some of these dread stories where they're trying to parse out um exactly how their system works is it it, it doesn't generally give you like easy answers because dread is in many ways like a jerk right he when it comes to like the democracy people he's like really not on board with democracy uh he's not crooked but he's not he, he'll he, you know he's not treating them with kid gloves either uh, and it, it doesn't really give you an easy answer. It seems simple at first. If you were to just describe Dread to someone, you'd say, oh, yeah, he's awful. You know, the system is the real enemy. And it is. But there's no easy answer that you can turn to and say they should just do this instead. So in the story of America, you have the main character for the first segment is actually named, I think it's Benny Beanie. Yeah. The other thing of this is sometimes these stories get very strange. So like Dread stories are very, there's like, 
I mean, I'm just thinking of across all dread stories. There's like talking horses, um, you know, and like wackiness. And th- this story does not really have, uh, I wouldn't say wackiness, but it goes into it. it it's a uh, it's kind of a strange story. Well, so the main character whose name is Benny Beanie, uh, basically he has this childhood. America is a childhood friend of his who he's been in love with, and he has a successful career as like a comedic. A singer, like a novelty songwriter, and he ends up. And I don't know if we want how how deep we want to get into the story, but the the he basically when America dies, he has his brain transplanted into her body, and then so then as the story goes on, you have this guy who is so in love with this woman named America that he essentially decides to like live inside her body and like w- w- wear her sort of it's like you could almost read it as like a sort of like transgender like gender dysphoria kind of angle but like it's really not that because the guy is just like so in love with this woman that he can't stand to see her die so he like takes over living in her body yeah and he uh and then they they have a daughter basically he in his own body impregnated her and then she was brain dead so he took over her body and then gave birth to their child yeah which is the sort of like weird weirdness that you uh mentioned yeah one interesting thing that i noticed in this comic book is that all of the art in it is credited to colin mcneil but and it should be noted that these there's like three stories that kind of continue the same plot line, but they were created like kind of years apart and are collected into this volume, which I think is pretty standard for like George Dredd stories. Yeah, the, the 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 collections of these are all over the place because it's just one continuous story that just keeps going like forever. So sometimes it's sort of arbitrary what you choose to put and not put in the collection. So the first part of the story is just called America. Oh, it was the premiere story in the Judge Dredd magazine. Came out, it looks like 1990, so like the early 90s. And it has this really nice, like kind of like painted art style. Yeah, the art in the first story, the one that's just called America is awesome. It opens with this awesome, it opens with this great uh, full page spread of Judge Dredd standing on top of a, a bloody body with an American flag draped on it with his like literally with his boot on it. And then when you turn the page, he's standing in front of a, of a corpse with a bloody corpse with an American flag draped over it in front of the statue of Liberty. And then there's the statue of the judges justice department, like towering over the statue of Liberty. So yeah, it has this really nice, like really colorful sort of like uh, painted on the art style, which I think, which I like really liked, but then as the story went on and I'm not really sure what the, uh, the reason for this is, but the art changes, even though it's the same artist, it like changes dramatically. And the next story is kind of fugly looking. Yeah. It has this, like, um, I think like digital coloring. Yeah. It has like a digital coloring and it just looks like really like stiff and kind of like unexpressive. I did not care for, and I don't know if this is like a changing style for the artist or whether this was like an editorial mandate that it should look like a certain way, but 
The uh, art in the second story is, I would say, noticeably worse than from the first story. And that's one thing you get with Dread stories is they, you know, they change artists a lot. John Wagner writes like a tremendous amount of Dread. Um, but yeah, the artist, art style changes dramatically. Uh, the third story, the one I have not here is called, um, is called Cadet and is still by Colin McNeil. And he seems to have, it, it's, it's not the painted style from the first story, but it, it's, uh, I think it's a big improvement over the second one. Yeah. And what you what you get here through this is like these stories taking place years apart where it's like this whole like saga and it kind of turns into the story of this character, um, America Beanie, who, who is the, you know, the daughter of America, Hara and uh, Benny Beanie. Yeah. So and, you know, like and this is where it's the question that that the best dread stories seem to ask is what do you do about these kinds of awful systems because as a, as a science fiction story, you know, it's, it's satire. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a very strong like satire element. Right. Um, and they, they live in this authoritarian system. Um, and this character named America, right. What, what should America yeah. do about this? And it doesn't really give you an easy answer because she becomes a judge and there's some idea of, that they're going to try, she's going to try and change the system from within. Uh, but we see in the story that there are plenty of crooked judges, um, you know, not dread dread, in fact, brings the hammer down on a crooked or like a bad judge in one of the stories. But like the system itself is probably beyond saving, but what else would you try? Cause they try other things throughout the course of this story. There's peaceful protest marches. There's the terrorist movement. And then you have America Beanie joining the judges to try and like be a good one from within. And it doesn't really give you an easy answer that any of those are going to be effective. And I think that's probably, I mean, some people might say that that's kind of a cop out or something, but like, I mean, it's kind of a fair, cause what is the answer? I mean, who knows what, what is the real answer? Well, you know? There's a line in the story where they say a good judge is worth a thousand protest marches. Yeah. And I don't know that, I mean, I don't believe that this ends up really being the viewpoint of the author so right. much as the viewpoint of one of the characters, because I, yeah, it, there doesn't seem like the system is that they live in is really capable of reform. And like you said, there are, it's actually kind of sad when you think about like the main way that Judge Dredd would be unrecognizable as like a contemporary police officer is the fact that he's willing to crack down on his fellow police officers when they break the law. Whereas in real life, police officers always like lie and cover for each other to get away with crimes. Right. Like it sounds straightforward and you're like, oh, duh, but it's like a thing that doesn't exist in real life, which is the honest authoritarian. We don't go into that in this story, but there are other stories where you almost like feel bad for him because he can't understand. Well, like, I believe he is actually somewhat sympathetic to the idea that the system needs to change or that the system needs to reform. He um, is. There's but, actually a line in here where he says something to that effect. He says, yeah, I think he I mean, it's kind of noncommittal, but he says something like maybe we do need reform. I don't know. He says, maybe we do need change. I don't know. You get so close to it. Just don't try to do it all too fast. Yeah. And, and there, there are other dread stories where he tries to take a line against things that he thinks are bad policies, but he will never break the rules to do so. His only card to play is that he can quit. 
in protest if if they want him to do something that he thinks is wrong. He has a good speech right at the beginning. Yeah. Where do I stand? I'll tell you where I stand. I stand four square for justice. I stand for discipline, good order, and the rigid application of the law. And grud help any limp wrist liberals who say different. The people, they know where I stand. They need rules to live by. I provide them. They break the rules. I break them. That's how. That's the way it works. The people like it that way. They need to know where they stand. Rights? Sure, I'm all for rights, but not at the expense of order. That's why I like to see that statue of judgment standing there, towering over liberty. Kind of a symbol. Justice has a price. The price is freedom. You know, he's not a bleeding heart, certainly. There's a there's dramatic tension to be mined from his world. And, of course, there's a little bit of a cheat because it is a comic book world, so sometimes he saves people from, like, space vampires or whatever. Well, it's also, I think, kind of ironic because Mega City 1 also seems to be a crime-ridden hellhole. Yeah, right. So, so it's clear that whatever they're doing is not actually making anyone safer. Yeah, because there is all this talk of, like, you know, we pay the price of freedom for order, but is there actually order? Because there seems to be, like roving street gangs shooting it out and like just massive crime waves happening every five minutes so it doesn't seem like they actually have figured out how to reduce the amount of crime yeah and you know as a as a satire i think it works just as like a contemporary you know if you compare it to like uh you know we sit here in america um under you know like the war on drugs with an enormous prison population and like a militarized police department and i think it's very effectively like like like, like that's the kind of thing that they're talking about, right? Because you're giving up um, freedom f for order. Does does the trade-off ever work? Does that ever work? I mean, I don't. Does, again, I don't know if anyone could find me an example from history. But th that's like the those are the lines that you use when you're trying to justify that. And yeah, the only difference with dread is he is actually like he actually means it, whereas in real life, no one ever means that when they say it. There's a story, there's a dread story. It's not in this, but it, it, I always remember where they, they do a random crime check. So they just like break into some dude's house and search through all his stuff to find what crimes he's doing. And then they, they find that he's not doing any crime at all. And they're like, that's really suspicious. We need to investigate further, which is, you know, how, how law enforcement, I think, as a whole treats like a population. Right. And the, an the assumption is that everyone, yeah. Stance. Right. So it's very much, it's very much like the perfect satire, I think, of like America. And interestingly enough, um, on the topic of reform, there's a growing idea in the United States that our police departments are beyond the ability to be reformed and need to basically be disbanded and uh, something else put in to replace them, which is like the same question, sort of the same question that is at the heart of America as a comic book, which is... Yeah. Is the is it possible to reform the system? And in this comic book, it clearly seems like the answer is no. Um, yeah, or the answer is maybe, but not in any kind of way that feels like satisfying. In in the dread stories, there is uh, in the mega story. I mean, I think there is kind of a trend towards. Um, I mean, not to give away a bunch of stuff from a bunch of other things, but like there, there is a trend toward giving up like a little bit of freedom because in normally in dread stories, they have a thing where uh, mutants are banished from the city. Right. And at some point they and dread is uh, supports this, the idea that the mutants should be able to stay in the city and not be banished, which is like a like they open up civil rights to people that had previously been denied them. So it's like it's like incremental, incremental, like glacial reforms. Um, well, in and, this with, comic, um, America at one point gives birth to a son that the city 
takes away because of which definitely has echoes of authoritarianism in the sense that they are like checking for genetic purity. I mean, in their world, it's like mutants. That that that's kind of one of the running the running trends in in Dread's world too. I, you know, I really I do like Dread stories. I think they're interesting. I think America is a good representation. There's a lot of different versions of this because we were just talking about that our two trades collect different stories. Like trying to collect Judge Dread is like impossible because there's like a million printings of everything. Um, like I own a bunch of the complete case files. I just started at like complete case files one and went from there. And I'm not even saying that's like the best way of doing it. Cause I don't know if it is, you know, it's like saying I want to get into Batman. So I'm going to start with, you know, Kane and finger from way back when, and it's like probably not the best way to do it, but it's one way of doing it. Um, so we have different versions of this, but I think the, the story America just by itself, whatever kind of, other things are being packaged with it. it is pretty good as like a representative dread story i agree completely it also has one of the things that i like in judge dread which is fun robot characters yeah uh, so uh the main character benny beanie has a robot butler named robert who has these really nice like huge uh robot eyes and is just like one of the most sympathetic characters and then there's I don't know. There's it seems to be a thing in Judge Shred that robots are called, like, call me something, because um, then later there's a robot who's like a hairdresser named Call Me Anthony, and that's what it like says on his chest. Um, and of course, Dredd himself once had a um, robot butler named Walter. Yeah. Who had a lisp. Yeah. But what did they do with the mutants, Matt? Did they exile them in Cursed Earth, or did they just kill yeah. them? Yeah. No, mutants are exiled. Okay. Um, this is actually an interesting Dread story. I think it's the Tour of Duty arc. Dread actually goes to check on what they do with the mutants, because what they're supposed to do with them is sort of exile them to, like, colonies outside of the city. And then he goes to actually check on them, and they're basically like concentration camps where they're being used for slave labor. And, like, the people running the camps are, like, grifting them to, like, uh, to make money off of them, which is not what they're supposed to be doing, right? They're supposed to just live in, like, colonies outside of the city. So then Dredd is very upset by this. So it's supposed to be more of, like, a separate but equal situation? Yeah, it's, like, being sent to Siberia or something. Um, And, you know, it's, like you mentioned, it's interesting with Dredd because, and he does that in this story where he will just throw, if there's an officer uh, that is is bad, he just throws him right under the bus. Which is not not um, not how it works in real life. It uh, makes me think of there's like a standard you know like Dirty Harry or like American Cop like impulse of like criminals yeah you got rights and then like punch someone in the face and I mean Judge Dredd is kind of like that but he you know at the, the very small number of rights that people are delineated according to the law. Uh, or something that he actually believes sh- should be upheld. Yeah, um, yeah. Because he and, believes and, and, in rights, you know, within reason, but, like, he actually does. Right. What I was going to say, though, is the last page in America is this, uh, in America, the story, not America, the collected volume, is a close-up on Judge Dredd's face by Colin McNeil. And, of course, Judge Dredd never takes off his helmet, so the close-up is, like, of where his, like, eye would be but it's like really of like his helmet. And he says, freedom, power to the people, democracy, the great American dream. Don't kid yourself. We tried it before, believe me, it doesn't work. 
you can't trust the people. So dream on, creep, but just remember, that's all it is, a dream. America is dead. This is the real world. As he said, like, America is dead, and this is the real world that we live in where, you know, the, the cops are out there to do, they can literally do whatever they want to maintain order at the expense of everyone else. Really, it's some wacky story, science fiction year 3000 stuff. Right. So, yeah, it has absolutely no relevance to real life, fortunately. Um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, a, in many ways, it's like the perfect satire of America with, like, the war on drugs and the amped-up law enforcement and everything. Um, and I think Dread gets at some of that comic book superhero stuff in in a way that, like, if you think of Batman, um, you know, a lot of superheroes get to, like, kind of cheat, right? Because they're, they're like cops, sort of. But they don't have to worry about who goes to prison or what the law is or whatever. Whereas Dredd has to like take responsibility for all of that. Right? Like Batman gets to punch people and then say, I stopped a crime. And then he goes back to his house and doesn't have to deal with whatever the system is. And if he doesn't like a law, he just ignores it or whatever because he's just a private citizen. He's so it's a kind of like right wing vigilante. So it's a way of like, and this is true of basically all superheroes, you know, Spider-Man or, or whatever, they tie the criminal to the lamppost and then go home. And it's a way of like having your cake and eating it too, right? Like I'm fighting crime, but I'm not part of the system. So I'm not responsible for any bad things. If anything bad happens, it's not my fault. Uh, no one ever has to die. You know, it's all very clean and tidy and within the lines. And you don't have to take moral responsibility for anything that you don't want to. You know, and, and Dredd as a as a character is like taking the the responsibility. Like he's just bearing he's bearing the weight of it, right? He you you're like just taking it all in. So in many ways, it's a more honest, I mean, take on like the superhero concept. And again, it's probably somebody would yell at me and say Dredd's not a superhero, and I guess he really isn't. But in many ways, he kind of is. I mean, he's basically a you know, he has like perfect aim and he fights hundreds of bad guys or whatever. So. He's kind of a superhero in that way, and I think it, it, it gets rid of those cheats where, like, you know, Batman, Spider-Man, whatever, never has to take moral responsibility. It's like a have-your-cake-and-eat-it-too situation. Yes, because most all superheroes are, in fact, like reactionary vigilantes using violence to uphold the tenets of the system. And Judge Dredd is a... While not being bound like, by the system itself, is a licensed which is the cheat. officer using violence to uphold the tenets of the system while being, you know, responsible for said system. So Judge Red actually, you know, if you want to place it in that world of, like, next to superhero comic books, which I don't know that I necessarily would, but it's it's like a more honest take yeah. on that kind of a story. Um, whereas like Batman or something, it you know. You're, you're not meant to actually think of Batman as like a rich guy, reactionary vigilante who goes out like punching poor people in the face. Yeah, no, that's really what he does. And right. Judge Dredd actually like, makes like, you think about uh, those kinds of things. Yeah, right. Because superhero stories are, are like basically for the I mean, a lot of I shouldn't say all, but like a lot of them are, are like cop stories. But right. they're basically but, like super cops. But but they put they build the cheats in into the storytelling. So you don't have to take, you don't have to think too hard about it. And Dread takes out all the cheats. And yeah. again, he has stories with talking horses and space vampires or whatever. So it's a rich tapestry. So Matt, um, we talked about America, the George Dread collected edition here. And we both, I think, are in agreement that this is a very well done 
uh, volume, even though like the art is kind of uneven, and that's I guess a typical thing with Judge Dredd comics. But it's a really uh, fascinating story. Um, what other? You're a Judge Dredd super fan. What other Judge Dredd volumes do you think are worth reading? Well, it's a fascinating question, Dustin. Um, I'm, I do like Dredd. I mean, I don't have an unlimited supply of money, so there are certainly not a lot. Uh, there are certainly Dredd stories that I haven't read. There's a lot that I have. Um, I mean, the the Cursed Earth saga is is a good is a good one. It's a very early story. Um, it's very different from this. It's like a Western, basically. They're traveling. I mean, I didn't even mention that about Dredd's world is that he can shift genres effortlessly because sometimes he goes into space and meets like wacky aliens. And then it's like sci-fi, straight sci-fi. And they go out into the cursed earth and it becomes a Western where they're fighting like flying spiders. And then, you know, inside Mega City One is like a cyberpunk dystopia. Um, so like the cursed earth saga is good where it's like a Western story. It's like a convoy story. Um, that's like an early one. The Apocalypse War is kind of a classic story. Uh, and that's like the like this political um, it's a story of, with them and the Russian cities, like the Sov cities, because the Soviet Union still exists in in Judge Dredd. Um, and it's a story about like uh, like nu- nuclear war or like a nuclear conflict. Other good Dredd stories would be I mentioned the Tour of Duty story arc, which is probably not like up there, but I think it's an interesting one to tease out some of the weird contradictions in Dredd stories. Um, the Day of Chaos crossover is a relatively recent-ish one uh, that's really good. So with that, we will uh, conclude this episode. And Matt, if people on the internet want to find this podcast online or on social media what is the uh is it possible to do that yeah so we're at armyofcrime.com uh i'm at twitter at army of crime dustin is at twitter at dustin 4444 four, 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 dust at dustin 4444 four. i believe that's correct yes yeah um and you can leave us a review on whatever uh your your pod catcher of choice you know toss some stars and remember kids remember kids Never break the rules. Always break the rules. Yeah, or or always break the rules. But but pick pick a side. Do yeah. one or the other. Put some stars on there. That's that's all I want. That's all I need.